Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. And this show in particular is sponsored by An Evening with Kevin and Joanne Clifton. Yes, if you haven't seen already, um, we've just done a big announcement. Something we've been planning for quite a long time. I know I've teased it a little bit here and there, but me and my sister Joanne will be going on tour together this year to do an evening with Kevin and Joanne Clifton. So as many of you know, uh, we were supposed to be touring with Burn the Floor this year. Um, obviously, what with the pandemic and everything that's happened and the, the situation with theatres, that wasn't going to be possible. Um, it got moved and moved. We were basically in rehearsal when everything kicked off. Um, and we basically just got sent home from rehearsal and it's been a question of waiting to find out what's happening since then. And it's been moved later and later and later as we're waiting for updates and guidelines and all that sort of thing from the government. And eventually there was no option but to move Burn the Floor until next year because we were originally going to try and do it at the end of this year, but it's just not going to be possible with the theatres to do it safely and with everyone that's bought tickets. So we've moved the Burn the Floor tour um, to spring next year. Now, what happened, for those of you that don't know, is that unfortunately, my sister, because she's very in demand, um, has already committed to a musical next year. So she wasn't going to be able to do Burn the Floor with me. And, and as the pair of us were quite excited about doing a show together because, you know, we both started dancing about four years old. We used to dance together as kids. We'd compete together through the sort of juveniles and juniors. Um, then we had different partners, but we, we carried on in, in the competition world until, you know, at some point we both left it. We've both done Burn the Floor. Um, obviously, we've then both done Strictly Come Dancing. Um, I did it for seven years. Uh, my sister did it for three years. Both won Strictly. Um, I think my sister has two Glitter Balls. She won the main show and Christmas. Um, and then with my force, we've got six Strictly Glitter Balls between us. And then we've both gone on to sort of do more and more in theatre um, and quite specifically musical theatre that we've been saying for a while that we should do a show together, uh, singing and dancing, you know, to sort of doing all of it. And Burn the Floor was, was supposed to be it. But with everything that's happened, like I say, Joe can't do the Burn the Floor tour as we'd planned uh, next year. And I know a lot of people were sort of writing to us and um, getting in touch on social media and saying, are you, are you going to be able to do something together? And we've been working tire tirelessly with um, the producers of Burn the Floor to figure out what we can do rather than say, let's just bin it. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. It's a case of what ca what can we actually put together? And as announcements have happened at one point, it just didn't look possible. Then it looked possible. Then it looked impossible again. Um, and now we're at a situation where it is possible to do some theatre and not just outside theatre. There's, there's a lot happening with smaller, socially distant audiences inside theatres. Um, now, the main problem with socially distant audiences in theatres is that the sort of big, uh, big production shows like a lot of the big musicals in the West End or on tour or Burn the Floor as well that remember has a massive cast of dancers and um, musicians and singers and we have the set, uh, you know, we have sort of big 
staircase and balconies and, and, you know, all that stuff that needs to be transported for the amount it costs a show to put on. Um, having only a sort of quarter full or third full audience <clears throat> means that the shows just lose money. It's not financially viable. And also, I think it's a bit of an insurance issue um, in terms of what companies are going to insure because it only takes sort of one person to get a hint of COVID and, you know, they'd call it off. And um, so that wasn't possible. But what we've decided to do with an, we've just, we've come up with a show, an evening with Kevin and Joanne Clifton. What we're doing is we actually recorded an album. I know some of you um, have got our CD that was going to be sold at the shows, at the Burn the Floor shows. We sort of Burn the Floor music past and present as, as an album. And we thought, why don't we just do sort of an album tour? Um, so that's what we're going to do. There's going to be me and my sister and a dance partner each. So we'll probably do a bit of dancing together and a lot with a dance partner each our dance partners that we were going to be dancing with in Burn the Floor. And that's going to be it. Like barely any set, no cast, um, but it's going to be me and Joe and a dance partner each. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be singing songs from the show and talking to the audience, basically. We're, we're telling stories from our careers um, and... I would imagine probably some Q&A as well, um, a chance for you, the audience, to come and ask us some questions about our careers or about Strictly Come Dancing or, you know, whatever you want to ask us about. Um, so it'll be more of an intimate show, I think. Um, basically, the way it works is without all of that, the rest of the expense to go with it and the fact that there's just a, a couple of us on stage that will be in sort of a support bubble together as we're touring, um, it makes it more doable. And... It means that we can go into a theatre and have a socially distant audience. So they've gone through all the guidelines and safety checks to make sure it's, it is completely safe for an audience to come in. So if we've got a theatre the size of, you know, like a thousand seater theatre, the audience will probably be, will probably sell sort of 300 tickets so that everyone can be spaced out in the theatre in their groups. Or if it's a 600 seater theatre, you know, it might be 200 tickets so that the audience can be safe, we can be safe on stage. Um, obviously, there'll be testing going on. Um, but I'm really proud of, of the team, the team behind it. Um, a guy called Paul, Paul Irving, who, who's been really helpful in, in, in bringing all this together. Um, and we have ourselves a tour, an evening with Kevin and Joanne Clifton. So we're able to do it at the end of this year. We're going to open in October and carry on through November. And who knows, we're still sort of confirming with a few venues, um, maybe adding some more dates as well. But if you fancy coming along to what is going to be a very safe and actually quite intimate show, <clears throat> come and see me and my sister, an evening with Kevin and Joe and Clifton, uh, where we will be dancing, we'll be singing songs from the show, telling stories about our career, and uh, and talking to you, the audience, getting some questions from you. Um just go and visit www.kevinandjoanne.com. Kevinandjoanne.com, me and my sister. And we would love to see you there. So with that out of the way, um, we've got some wicked guests coming up, actually. I've, I've been speaking with Motsi, Motsi Mabusi, um, the judge on Strictly. We're just trying to tie down a date. She's obviously very busy. I'm busy doing things. And we keep sort of missing each other with messages and stuff. But she said that she'd love to come on the show. So we're going to be talking to her at some point, um, pre-Strictly, hopefully. Um, 
I've also in chats to talk with Trevor Dion Nicholas at the moment. Um, he's a massive Broadway star and West End star, most famous for playing the genie in um, the Broadway and West End productions of Aladdin. And he's now in Hamilton. Um, and he was a judge with me on the panel of All Star Musicals on ITV. Um, just an amazing, amazing talent and a really interesting guy to listen to. So we've got him coming up as well at some point. And... Also, I'm not sure which episode it'll be, perhaps next week. Um, I recently went to see a show. Yeah, an actual show. Um, I went to see a show called Contact in London. And what they're doing with, with the show, what really sort of grabbed me and interested me, is that it's completely outside, but not even in an outside theatre. So what, what you do is you go along to a meeting point, and they've got three different locations um, in London and you go along to, you know, whichever one you've booked your ticket for. And I think there's only a limited amount of tickets that they sell. It's like 15 at a time or 20 at a time, something like that uh, as maximum, because otherwise it'd get a bit out of control. Uh, you meet at this meeting point and they give you a code and you download this app on your phone and it, it syncs you in together to listen to this audio. So you've got your phone in your hand, your headphones in, and there's two actors one of them is sort of um, just based, sort of stood near, near to you all. And the other one basically walks into the situation. You're all stood there um, in this area and an actor walks in. And the concept is that you're listening to their thoughts and they're playing out this whole thing. So mine was in Greenwich that I went to see and we met just by the Cutty Sark. And you follow them on this walk, basically, for about 45, 50 minutes. You follow these two actors walking around Greenwich in these different locations, and they're acting out this whole little sort of interaction between the two of them. And you're listening to their thoughts. They're not talking um, on this app on, on your phone. And when I, when I saw that advertisement, I thought that is a really clever concept because everyone's trying to think, what can we do now in terms of theatre? We can't uh, we can't have a huge audience in a theatre. There's outside theatres, but the, you know, there's there's not a huge amount of them. And this company have come up with this great concept of like it's just it's a play that happens just sort of on the streets around you as as, as people are walking around. I'm sure a few people were, <laughs> were thinking we're a bit weird. Why is everyone looking at these two people, and um, why are they acting weird? Uh, didn't know what was going on, but we were basically sort of about fifteen of us enjoying this play happening through the streets of Greenwich in front of us while we were listening to their thoughts. And um, I don't want to give away too much because I'm, I'm hoping to chat to um, either a producer or director and writer of the show or maybe one of the actors um, and we'll chat more about it then. But um, if anyone wants to, if anyone's interested, you should just look up Contact in, in London, it's called. And they do it sort of C-O-N-N. They, they, they spell it out like that. And it was so interesting. It was an interesting concept and it was beautifully written and beautifully put together. And um, yeah, just a, a whole different area of theatre in a time when we're being forced to think outside the box. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So you should definitely look up Contact um, and hopefully I'll be speaking to one of the team perhaps on next week's podcast. Um. But then I thought what we would do is while I'm waiting for those guests, um, just for schedules to align, it's Strictly season. It is finally upon us. So it's, it's all starting to get very exciting, isn't it? I thought I'd do a look forward to Strictly this year. Normally around this time, where are we? Um, sort of beginning of September. 
Um, normally at this point, I would have done a month's worth of rehearsals with all the pros of Strictly and we'd probably be meeting the celebs around now-ish. Um, and there'd be that first day where we all meet each other and um, put together the launch show and uh, we'd all be guessing about who we're going to be partnered with. And as this podcast comes out, I'm sure there's probably going to be more announcements. But as uh, as I sit here recording it right now, there's been, what, nine announcements, something like that? Um, nine celebrity announcements, I think. So let me, I'm just looking through them now. We had Caroline Quentin. We've got Jason Bell, the uh, NFL player. Max George from The Wanted. We've got Clara Ampho. Ranveer Singh, Nicola Adams, Bill Bailey, JJ Chalmers, Jamie Lang, and Maisie Smith as the ones. Like I say, I'm sure there's probably been some more announcements by the time this podcast goes to air. But as I record it, those are the announcements so far on what I think is looking like a really exciting Strictly lineup. Um, it's weird because I'm, I'm getting excited for it like a fan. Um, normally, like I say, I'm, I'm sort of gearing up for getting myself into my best shape and wondering who I'm going to be partnered with and, and, and getting ready to do all the pro routines and looking forward to meeting all the celebs about now. But this time I'm just looking forward to watching it as a fan and experiencing it like everyone else. And um, I think it'll be interesting to watch from the outside. You know, the last time I watched it from the outside was, was 2012 and I, I joined in 2013. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to know if you sort of hit me up on social media, I'd love to know who your early favorites are, who you're looking forward to watching or who you think is going to be partnered with who um, sort of immediate um, standouts when I look at them. I mean, Caroline Quentin, um, great that she's, that she's been announced on the show. I used to love watching her in Men Behaving Badly um, and, and she's a great actress. Um, I've never met her, but I, I, I've just got a feeling she's going to be really good fun on the show. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching her. Um, who else am I looking forward to? I mean, Max George, if, if he's, he's the guy from The Wanted, if he's half as good as Jay McGuinness in 2015, then he's going to do really well. Obviously, Jay was from the same band um, and he won in 2015 with Aliona and uh, famous for doing that incredible jive that he did in week three. So I don't know if Max is... A dancer, like I, I, I don't know if he's had an experience or not, or you know if he's going to be as good as Jay. But if he's anywhere near as good as Jay, then he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, Good-looking fella as well. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure some of the. Uh, I'm sure some people will be quite happy to see him shake his hips. Um, Clara Amfo, I've never met her, but I do. I know someone who who knows her. Uh, I was actually speaking to someone yesterday who knows Clara Ampho and, and she was saying she is wicked. Like she's awesome and she already really wants her to win. And so I'm sure she's going to be loads of fun. Um, Bill Bailey is just a great, a great shout, a, a great announcement by Strictly. Really funny guy. Um, musically talented. So um, I'm sure he's going to get a grip of sort of, you know, the timing of it all. Um, who knows? He might surprise us. I'm really pleased that Jamie Lang has got another chance to, to have a crack at this because obviously last year Jamie Lang was announced as a celeb on the show. Um, we all met him, lovely fella, 
Um, he was really going for it as well, uh, putting together the launch show, really throwing himself into it, which, which you love to see. Um, upbeat, fun guy. And he was partnered with OT, but then he got injured on the launch show. And unfortunately, he had to pull out. And, and we all know what happened after that. OT, they had to find a replacement for OT. And they came up with Mr. Kelvin Fletcher himself, who turned out to be an absolute demon on the dance floor. And they went on to win the Glitter Ball. So Jamie Lang's getting another another chance to uh, to show what he can do this year. And I, I'm really pleased. That's a really nice thing for Strictly to do, just to give him another shot at it. So it's not just, all right, I'm, I'm in, I'm injured, and I'm out again. Um, I suppose thinking about who's going to be partnered with who, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they put him with Oti, who he was originally supposed to be dancing with. So that, that's what I'm interested to see when it comes to the partnering up. Are they going to put him with OT as planned last year or are they going to surprise us, switch it on us and put him with someone else um, and OT will get a different partner. Um, so that'll be interesting. Maisie Smith from EastEnders. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to be quite loyal to, to Maisie. Um, because she was my partner in the Children in Need special last year. It was an EastEnders special and I was partnered with Maisie and she was sensational. For anyone who watched the Children in Need special last year, you'll know that Maisie can really dance. Um, she, she came in and, and, you know, usually it's a case of you show them a bit of choreography, take a few days to sort of put a routine together. I had no idea how she was going to be, how she was going to take to it. And I was literally bashing out choreography and she was doing it straight away. Um, and she, she's good at sort of commercial hip hop dancing. So I'm, I can't wait for what, what we can see from her in like a couple's choice. Um, if they're doing couple's choice next, uh, this series, series, who knows? Um, but you know, it was just a case of, converting those skills into ballroom and Latin. Um, don't know what she's like in the ballroom. We, we just did cha-cha-cha um, and she was brilliant at it. I was like, do this. And she did it in a very commercial way. Uh, and I went, right, do exactly the same, but straighten your legs <laughs> and put your arm like this. And she went, what, like this? I went, yeah, perfect. And um, yeah, she was great to dance with. Um, cracking young girl, um, really friendly and really lovely, um, really enthusiastic and I just had a feeling after we did Children in Need that Strictly might have their eyes on her for, for the main show for this year because she was so good. And, you know, they, they, there's always a variety in there on Strictly of, of celebs. There, there's always the ones that are com, sort of completely never danced in their life and hopeless and whatever. And there's ones that do have experience and so that there's something for everyone. You know, some people like to watch Strictly for great dancing. Some people like to watch for someone sending themselves up and being a bit rubbish. Um, and some people like to watch someone, you know, start from nothing and, and go through a journey. And um, Maisie's certainly going to be those ones that, that is going to bring some great dancing. So I'm really excited. Um, right. We can't, can't go through all these without talking about Nicola Adams. So the announcement from Strictly of Nicola Adams, the boxer doing the show, was that she is going to be partnered with a girl. 
she's going to have a female pro partner. So this is the first. And now, again, I don't know if there's been any more announcements um, by the time this podcast goes to air. And maybe they're also doing an all-male partnership. I have no idea. But at, at the time of recording this, this is the only same-sex partnership. Um, it is the first announcement of a same-sex partnership in the history of Strictly Come Dancing. And I just can't applaud Strictly enough. I, I think this is such... A wonderful step. Um, I know there'd been rumors of it before in the last few years. And you know what? Strictly, of course, had been thinking about it and talking about, you know, when to do it. And I think it was just a matter of time rather than whether they were going to do it. Um, but I think, you know, knowing Strictly, I, I think they, they wanted to do it in the most respectful way so that it doesn't become something that's novelty, um, something that's, you know, find someone that is really keen to do it. And obviously, Nicola, um, I've seen it in her interviews. I said she's really, she's really happy and sort of honoured to be doing this, and and she's she's very keen on dancing with a girl. And I just think it's a great step. I, I I think why not? You know, I've seen some of the comments on social media, and so, and you're always going to get some people acting up on social media. But if I'm completely honest, I think that the response that I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive. The the people saying, you know, you know there's, the odd, there's the odd idiot saying, you know, oh, I'm not going to watch Strictly anymore because um, of this. Of course, there was a, most of them are trolls. You know, when you look into a Twitter account and it's like a picture of a dog and they've got about 13 followers and, and, the, and you see, you know, that they're sort of spouting off quite a lot of um, provocative stuff in their comments most of the time people are just trying to get a reaction on on twitter and then it gets into an argument and then it gets sort of personal rather than actually arguing about the thing they started arguing about so most of the ones saying that this is a bad idea are sort of a bit trolley like i haven't seen from anyone yet um a convincing argument for why not to do it and the people for, for every one person saying i'm not going to watch strictly anymore because of this, I think I must have seen 15, 20 comments um, for every one of those. I've seen about 15, 20 positive ones saying, I don't normally watch Strictly, but I'm absolutely going to watch this year purely because of this. You know, um, people from the um, people from the gay community, you know, they feel that it represents them. But the thing is with this, is it, it doesn't... It's not even necessarily about sexuality because I think that's where people get this mixed up. It's like, and and you know the people that sort of say, oh, it's it's the BBC woke lefty agenda, blah 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 blah, and all this sort of, you know, they get in, they sort of confuse right wing and left wing politics and say, oh, it's a left wing agenda and all of this. And I'm not sure they 100 percent understand what they're talking about. Um, but for. for I think a lot of those people sort of make it about sexuality and it's not even necessarily about that. I've, it's just a, a girl dancing with a girl and, and if they're going to do boys as well, it's a boy dancing with a boy. I, I, I remember going around my grandma and granddad's house as a kid and watching a videotape where Fred Astaire was dancing with Gene Kelly and I loved it. And at no point, you know, did I think anything else apart from great dancing. Awesome. Love it. I want to be like them when I grow up. Um, I've, I've been a competitor since I was six years old, you know, until I was in my mid-twenties. And I don't think there was one competition that I went to where there wasn't two girls dancing together. 
That's what people need to remember. This is not new. Two girls dancing together is not a new thing. It's just the first time you've seen it on Strictly. Um, and you've probably seen it in, in pro group numbers, you know, boys dance together, girls dance together. In all forms of dancing, you see boys dancing together, girls dancing together, in ballet, in, in commercial hip hop, in jazz, in, in tap, in anything. You go and see any show, like, and it's not really a thing. It's not, it's not, um, it's not a talking point. You know, it, it, it's not like, oh, did you see? What, what did you think about that? There was two girls and they were dancing together. Like it's in any dance show that I've watched, it's never been a thing. And when people related to the ballroom and Latin world in particular, and they talk about the competition world, from a young kid, there's always been girls dancing together. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, maybe that's because there's more girls doing it and there's less boys for them to dance with so if they don't have a boy to dance with then they'll dance together but and I'm sure that's true of some of them you know they'd like to get a boy partner but some of them actually are just more comfortable dancing with with their friend who's a girl like rather than dancing with a boy they're not maybe they're not comfortable dancing with a boy and that's fine you see that in you know f from young competitors all the way up to if you go to any tea dance at some local hall, there'll be women dancing together. You know, my mum and dad run dances and sometimes women will dance. Like, it's just, to me, it's not a new thing at all. Um, Same-sex dancing isn't new. Um, it's just the first time it's been seen on Strictly. So your sort of casual fan who perhaps doesn't have a lot of dance knowledge, they just get all their opinions from Strictly. They're used to watching a certain thing. But to me, that's more about, it's more about change than anything. Because whatever happens every year, every year that I, since I've been involved with Strictly Come Dancing, you've seen someone on social media, something will happen and they'll go, I won't be watching now because of this this year. You know, firstly, it was when Bruce Forsyth wasn't going to present it anymore and it was going to be Tess and Claudia together. Well, that's it. I'm not watching it anymore. Or, you know, um, Len Goodman left the judging panel. Well, that's it. It's dead. I'm not watching it anymore. Their favorite dancer will leave the show. I'm not watching it anymore. This is the end of Strictly. Every single year since I joined, people have been saying it's the end of Strictly because of this change. There's always, there's a change, at least one change every year to do with something. And people say, I'm not going to watch anymore. And people do watch. And, you know, m maybe some people actually don't. They go, right, that's it. I'm not watching it. My, uh, my hunch is they actually carry on watching. The viewing figures certainly haven't gone down. Um, Strictly continues to be a massive show that everyone loves watching. It still gets massive ratings with millions of people watching it. And, and maybe there's a whole host of new viewers coming in to watch the show. I remember when I was having lots of discussions about when Joe Sugg was announced on the show and people outraged, oh, an internet star, that's not a real celebrity, oh, blah, 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 and, and all of this, not realizing that YouTube is just a new version of telly. It's like when telly took over radio. Um, it's just a new, it's a new form of telly, like, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, it's all streaming services. And, and this is a lad who created his own TV show, put it on YouTube and had load, loads of people watching, um, you know, a, a, a lot of young people watching. And he came on the show and 
he brought loads of people to the show who had never watched it before because they perhaps thought it was something that was for people a bit older than them. And suddenly all these kids were watching and, wow, this is amazing. I love this show. And I know that there's people out there because they talk about it on social media that say, I've never watched Strictly until Joe Sugg was on. And now I watch it all the time. Like, I'm going to watch it every year. And that's amazing. And like I say, I've seen a lot of people saying with this announcement from Strictly that Nicola Adams is going to be partnered with a girl, I'm, I'm now going to be watching every single week, even if I wouldn't before. And I think you'll be bringing it, you know, we'll be perhaps be bringing a new audience who is really on board with this. Um, I just think it's great from Strictly. Um, I can't wait to see Nicola Adams on the show. Um, I've never met her, but she seems so lovely. Every time I've seen her being interviewed, she seems like like such a nice girl. Um, obviously, a massive hero as, as a boxer, amazingly talented boxer. Um, I think it's going to be great. Um, who knows who they're going to put her with? Um, which of the girls uh, that she'll be dancing with? Um, we can all speculate about that. I've got no idea what, what their plans are. But I, I also just think, you know... For, for all the people that say, oh, this is some sort of agenda that's being shoved down our throats, which I find, I find a bit silly. Like, I, I think people, people love getting angry on Twitter, don't they? And people love sort of having a go at something. This, you know, outrage, outrage, outrage. And you just want to go, calm down. Um, I saw a stat the other day. I think it's, oh, I'm forgetting now. I think it was something like, Overall, the series of Strictly, there's been two, was it 237? I might be completely wrong, but it's a big number. It's the something hundred and something. I think it was something like 237 celebrities have taken part in Strictly Come Dancing since it began. Which is a massive number of people, contestants on the show. Um... It might be 137, but I'm sure it said 237. Anyway, a lot of people. Nicola Adams is the, is the first one, one partnership that's going to be a same-sex partnership. One out of 237. So I think for anyone to say something is being shoved down their throats is, uh, is overreacting <laughs> just a little bit. And the thing is, it's about... It's about representation. You know, when, uh, when Johnny Peacock was on the show, um, who had, you know, blades on, on his legs, he, um, he, or when Will Bailey was on last year, or Lauren Stedman, you know, people, sort of Paralympians, people with a disability, when they were on the show, I, a friend of mine has a, has a, a daughter who um, has a disability, and she could not have been more excited than to see people like Johnny Peacock, Lauren Stedman, uh, Will Bailey on the show. And, you know, whenever, you know, each year, you know, some of my friends go, oh, could you get me that person's autograph or that? Could you get a picture with that? Or do you reckon I could get a video message from that person? You know, people get very excited about Strictly and who's on it. The only ones that this little girl was interested in was John Johnny Peacock. Will Bailey, Lauren Stedman, because to her, they represented her and they made her feel like it was possible for her to go and dance if she wanted to, because she hadn't seen it before. It's about that representation. So if there's anyone out there who feels like, and it, 
whether it's a um, whether it's anything to do with um, sexuality or not, if they feel that they want to dance, but they want to dance with someone of their sex, that you know, if you're a young lad and you'd rather dance with another lad than dance with a girl, or if you're a young girl and you'd rather dance with a girl than a boy because maybe you're not comfortable with it, then this is going to make them feel like that's totally cool and totally normal. Whereas normally they wouldn't see that on Strictly. And they think that, you know, the, th the thing is that they have to dance with someone of the opposite sex. And it just, it shouldn't be like that. And, and like I say, this is a great step. It's going to represent people that do want to dance with someone of their own sex. It happens. It happens in competitions now. Like there are same sex competitions. Sometimes same sex partnerships compete in the competition against people, you know, of, of opposite sex. It's, um, it, it's so completely normal. Um, uh, you know, so, so I think if anyone's getting angry about it, I think my suggestion would be to calm down and, and just enjoy Strictly, which is a show about dancing and people learning to dance. And it doesn't matter who they're dancing with. Um, it, it's going to be great. It's going to be really really great to watch. And again, it's, it's when it comes to change, you know, people sort of fight about what's traditional. And to me, that's, that's not an argument for anything. Tradition, it, it's, all, it's always been like this, is not an argument for anything because we all grow and we all change and society changes and culture changes. And, you know, we progress as people. So tradition is, is, not, is not an answer. It's, it's always been done like this. You know, we've always treated people, you know, a hundred years ago, we've always treated people with this condition by doing this, by giving them this. But then, you know, a new medicine might be, might come to light and go, okay, we're going to do it like this now. Just because it's like, oh, this is how we've always done it. it. Nothing would ever progress. So it's not really an argument. Like take, take something like the Viennese waltz, um, or it, just waltz, just ballroom dancing. When it first began, it was considered, it was sort of quite a high class thing to do, um, you know, at grand balls. But people, people wouldn't dance up close with each other. Their, their actual ballroom hold, traditional ballroom hold is not what you see now in competitions or what you see on Strictly Come Dancing. And people will argue, well, it's traditional this. What most people are saying when they're talking about traditional ballroom is they're talking about the competition world of ballroom dancing as it exists right now or as it has existed for the last couple of decades. That's what they really mean. They're not talking about traditional because traditional ballroom dancing was danced completely apart from each other. They would sort of have a hold, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have their bodies touching because it was considered vulgar. For, for two people to come up and have their bodies touching was considered a bit sexual and vulgar. So anyone who started doing that would get kicked out of the ball. And then at one point, it became more normal. It just became, no, no, this is what we want to do. We enjoy dancing it like this. And it was all a bit naughty. It was all a bit, like you say, people are like, oh my God, they're dancing up close. Now, that's moved on to where it's completely considered like this is the norm. We dance with a, in ballroom frame with our bodies touching. This is how it works. And the people that sort of talk about traditional ballroom dancing and talking about the competition world, they go, yeah, well, it has to be traditional. And they're, they're talking about it 
they're talking about this ballroom hold where, where their bodies are touching. But it didn't used to be like that. But whenever there's change, people get angry. Um, but this, to me, obviously, I can't, uh, I can't stress it enough. This is a great change. Um, it's not even a massive change, really. It's, there's going to be two girls dancing together on the show. I cannot wait to see it. I think it's a brilliant move by Strictly. Why not do it? Um, and good on them. And it's just one of the many reasons why I think Strictly is going to be really exciting to watch this year. Now, moving on. I knew I was going to get stuck into that, but um, I asked people on social media to send me a few questions just to answer anything about Strictly because we do a bit of a Strictly episode. So I'm just going to read, I haven't prepared anything really, but I'm just going to read a couple of them out at random just to answer some questions. Um, and we'll probably do this a bit more. I want to bring loads of Strictly content as we head into the Strictly series. Um, I'm also thinking actually of starting like uh, maybe some sort of group, um, maybe some sort of private group where we can do like a Strictly phone-in, maybe over Zoom, something like that. And every week as, as one of the podcast episodes, as an, an extra podcast episode, we can do, you know, like the football phone-ins where people phone in and go, oh, I thought the referee was crap or whatever, that we that We'll have, a, we'll have a group where each week we sort of say our opinions on the scoring or the, um, the couple's dances and who we think is going to win and blah, 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 blah. I'm looking into a way of, of setting up something like that as part of the podcast. The Strictly Phone-In. Um, so let me know if you're interested in that. But here's some of the questions. Right, Andrew Barker says, is there ever a costume you refuse to wear? Don't think so. Not really. Um... There's always changes here and there. You come in and say, oh, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather th add a few more buttons undone. And they say, no, Kev, we'd rather you had a few more <laughs> buttons done up. Um, but I remember when I, when I did Halloween week in 2016 and I was dressed as the Joker, um, there was a few different versions of the Joker. And the one that they had me dressed up as was the one from the, the, the new film with Jared Leto as, as the Joker. And I wanted to be the sort of traditional, uh, traditional, uh, there we are again. I hate using that word. Um, the, the old school, um, sort of purple coat, um, Joker with green hair, um, from the comics, um, and a bit more Heath Ledgery. So, um, we went with that in the end, but don't think, I can't remember there ever being a com uh, costume where I just looked at it and refused to wear it. They, they're pretty good. The costume department. Elizabeth says, how to tune into your celeb partner? What talks do you have and what do you think is important in order to find your style as a newly acquainted dance pair? Yeah, it is important, really. It's, it's important to find out about that person and what they're into and what sort of, what gets them excited, what makes them tick. So I, right from the beginning, usually when I'd be on Strictly, I would talk about, um, you know, what sort of music do you like listening to? What are your favorite films? Do you like musicals? Um, to get a sense of what they're into. Because I, I think if you can head towards things that they're excited about, dancing to songs that they love, um, then they're going to be more inclined to sort of let go and, and, and feel comfortable. And, and um, yeah, so I, I have a lot of talks, I had a lot of talks with my partners um, at the beginning, just to see what sort of 
music they're into. And you can very quickly, just from the launch show and spending a little bit of time with them, figure out sort of how they move, whether they're quick or slow. Are, are they constantly sort of bopping around jamming when, when a song comes on or are they dead still and have no idea what to do? Are they a bit timid or are they quite okay with letting their guard down and they're uninhibited? Um, so a lot of talks and just watching them, watching how they interact with people. Are they confident or not? Like, And there's, there's no better or worse, really. It's not like they have to be um, confident, but I just like to get a sense of the person and and who they are. Obviously, because movie week is in week three, I usually ask them, um, you know, is there any movies that you're really into, or you know, what can we what can we dress you up as? Um, and yeah, and then you just get started. Sort of the first few days, you try out bits of choreography. You see how quick they pick it up, and then you think, do they pick it up quickly or not? And then if not, do I think that they will pick it up eventually. You know, is it something that they can learn or are there things that we definitely need to steer clear of? And then I think in general, you you do need to build a good chemistry, a good relationship. Like you, It's important that you get on because then you'll work together much better as a partnership and more spontaneous moments will happen in the dancing that will just send it on, onto a different level. So if you really click with someone as a partner, it's more likely to be um, a better experience and it'll be more entertaining to watch for the viewers. Um, so yeah, I, I place a lot of importance on getting to know my celebrity partner and, and what they're into and what they're not into and um, and becoming mates with them really. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's as best as I can answer that. Gabriella, what was your fave week? Movie week, Halloween, musicals? Not Halloween. I mean, it's ace Halloween, but it's difficult coming up with new ideas all the time because there's only so many things you can do for Halloween. Um, movie week, I love. Then it comes very quickly on, on week three. Musicals week is probably my favourite just because I've always been a massive musicals fan and I think musicals lend themselves to Strictly. There's a lot of great numbers that you can take from musicals that that work really well within the context of Strictly. So I always look forward to musicals week, but obviously it's quite late um, in the series. So it's, you know, like you've got to get there first, basically. And obviously Blackpool week's really fun. Um, everyone loves Blackpool week. Anna says, do you get to choose the music? So this is um, it's a collaboration, really. So the pros um, will probably go in with a few ideas right now um, saying, you know, I'd love to do this and I'd love to do that. I've got what about this song or that concept? But, the, but at first, you don't know who your partner's going to be. Then once you're partnered up, um, you get more of a sense of what sort of music might work with your partner. And you pitch things to the team. There's a sort of the dance team at Strictly, the creative team. You pitch things to them. And they say, um, yeah, I think, that, I think that'll work really well or mm, we're not sure or we've already got something similar or we already did that last year or, you know, something, a reason why it might not be able to happen that they might suggest something to you. They might, oh, what about this little mix song? And you either go, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, I like that. that I can make that work. Or mm, no, I'm not feeling that. And it, it basically goes back and forward. Um, I know that like super fans of the show, they give they give the show, the creative team, a lot of stick for some of the music choices. But the 
the music choices never get signed off without the pro saying so. Like the pro always has to sign it off in the end. Like you're never forced to do anything. You're never forced to do any song. So at some point, if they're doing it to that song, then the pro has agreed to do it to that song. Like, so if you're like, oh, I can't believe that the Strictly forced that couple to do that song. It's like, it never works like that. They're never forced. If, if you as a pro or even a celeb absolutely categorically do not want to do a certain con, con, uh, concept or song, then you don't have to do it. You can always say no, but then, you know, you've got to come up with an alternative. Um, so it's, it's a collaboration. Um, it's a collaboration between the creative team and the pro. Um, Haley talk about how same sex couples is not new in the dancing world due to the lack of male. But yeah, yeah. I feel like I've sort of answered that one. Um, yeah, it's not new. It's not a new thing. Same sex dancing. People are treating it like it is because it's the first time it's going to happen on Strictly. And I think that's good and, and, and important. Holly, how's it planned? What dances each couple does? Um, I don't know, really. Um, but that is the creative team that, that come up with that, really. Usually they're sort of, they're a few weeks ahead and, and they have a bit of a, a sort of map of, of how things are going. And then they've got to have lots of different scenarios. So it's like, if this person gets knocked out, then that dance won't be done on that week anymore. So that one will open up or, you know, blah, 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 blah. So they have a sort of plan and then they have to adapt as, as people get knocked out. Um, usually you're sort of told, we want you to do this on week one and this on week two. Then movie week, not like in terms of the dances, not, not necessarily the songs, but say you're doing, you know, quick step on week one, cha-cha on week two. Movie week depends on what song you're going to do, what, what movie you're going to do, what the whole concept is. So, for example, when I was dancing with Stacey, um, my whole pitch was Tomb Raider for movie week. And we were going to do Samba to um, I'm a Survivor. And she was going to be Lara Croft. And I, and I thought that was a great idea. So Samba was always the plan. But then they, the dance team came at me with the idea of doing... Uh, minions and doing <laughs> the jive to happy and I fought against it for a while and then eventually went with it so it became jive which meant that Samba had opened up for later down the track um, and it sort of goes like that throughout the season I suppose if anything as a pro if you're looking forward and thinking maybe I'll be able to do this you're looking at the themed weeks and then you fill in around there so you're looking at movie week what movie am I going to do what dance is that going to be then you're looking at um at Halloween, so I'll be thinking, oh, I'm going to do a Doctor Who themed song, um, number. So we've got the Doctor Who theme tune. What can we do to that? Oh, it looks like Tango's probably the one to do. So that gets locked in. Um, if there's like eight couples doing Tango, then that's a problem. So you have to change. And, and that's why you don't always get the, the idea that you want because you can't have, you know, from a production standpoint, you can't have eight couples doing Tango in one week, you know, you have to have a bit of variety. Um, and then you're looking at Blackpool, I suppose, um, where it's not necessarily a definite dance, but I, I don't know if everyone does this, but I, I'm, I've always got an eye on Blackpool thinking if we make it, what dance would I prefer to be doing? There's certain dances that I wouldn't want to do in Blackpool because I think they have less effect. So I, I personally wouldn't want to do a rumba or a waltz. I think in Blackpool, 
Paso is the one to do in Blackpool. It always feels good to do it in Blackpool. Um, quick steps work very well. Um, what else works well in Blackpool? Sometimes salsas can work quite well in Blackpool. I didn't, I didn't think so at first until me and Stacey did it, and then it actually, it actually felt quite good to do it in there. Um, American smooth, something like that, like a foxtrot, something big, bandy, and Frank Sinatra and classy. Um, that can work very well. Um, sort of a big tail suit number can work well in Blackpool because it looks expensive. Something big like a samba. Um, and then you're looking at musicals week. So like with Stacey, it was like we wanted to do Les Mis, I Dreamed a Dream. So that, you know, there's only certain dances that you can do to that. So you get those dances sort of locked in as much as you can looking ahead and then fill in around the rest. Sometimes if you've had a particularly bad week and you think that you might get eliminated next week and it turns out you're doing rumba next week, sometimes the pro might sort of fight to do something different. They might say, well, I really want to do a Charleston um, because I just think if we're doing rumba, we're going to get knocked out after last week. So can we do a Charleston? And there might be a situation where you can swap around a dance. Sometimes that happens. Um, but it's all very much, again, like choosing the music, it's a collaborative process. Um, the celebs have talked about that. Holly, talk about your favorite moments on Strictly. Oh, I've got so many. Um, I've got so many. Uh, I mean, there's, there's quite a lot with Stacey. Um, Paso with, with Stace, obviously winning with Stace, um, was an incredible moment. Um, winning the tour with, with Susan Kalman was amazing. I think with Susan Kalman, um, doing Wonder Woman, d certainly doing, um, Bring Me Sunshine on week four, the quick step that me and Susan Kalman did was one, one of my favorite moments in, the, in my seven years on the show. Cause it was just such a, it felt so joyful to both of us. We really enjoyed it and, and we got such a lovely reaction and I was really pleased for Susan. And yeah, sometimes even now when I'm feeling a bit down, I'll put that dance on and it cheers me up. Um, and and me and Susan making it to Blackpool and, and me getting to do Strictly Ballroom Paso Doble. Um, I suppose I can't talk about favorite moments on Strictly without talking about me and Susanna Reid doing Paso at Blackpool. I feel like that was my first sort of big success on Strictly um, doing that Paso and Susanna was incredible and got three tens for that. Um, you know, but with all of them really, with Kelly, um, the, the show dance with Kelly or doing Star Wars with Kelly, um, you know, amazing moments. Doing the, the uh, Halloween week with Frankie do, when she was the Green Witch doing Wicked, Defying Gravity. I look back on it. I'm, there's more that I've missed, I know, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll be here all, all day if I'm talking about all my favorite moments because I just enjoyed it so much um, every single year, to be honest. Um, in terms of other couples, I'll never forget being in, in the studio when Ed Bulls and Katya did, did Gangnam Style. That was like, it was so loud in there, the way the audience went off and it was so energetic. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved that. Um, well, I mean, my sister winning Strictly, my sister and Ore winning Strictly was an amazing moment. Um, there's lots of great moments on the show. Um, Maybe as one of our, uh, maybe as one of, uh, if I do end up doing that group and that phone in, we can do a whole episode on favorite moments. There's going to be three shows that Strictly are doing uh, in the build up to this series where they're doing sort of the best of. Um, so they're doing 
great moments from the final. They're doing great moments from musicals week and great moments from movie week, um, which I've actually taken part in those three shows. So the first three shows in the run up to Strictly, I will actually be on. <laughs> um, can't get rid of me yet. What else, Samantha? The judges scoring. Well, everyone has their opinions on the judges scoring. Um, you know, Bruno is quite ten happy. Craig is the opposite. Marks marks you down for the, the tiniest little thing. It's difficult because it's so subjective. Dan dancing is an art. Um, I know some people see it as a sport, but it's to me dancing is an art, and it's people people like that's the beauty of strictly people like different things it's the same as why people are going to vote for different people some people watch the show and go they're the best dancer in it so i'm going to vote for them some people go i feel like they've improved the most throughout the series so i'm going to vote for them some people just want to see someone stay in to make an ass of themselves but some people will see a particular dance and not be too bothered about it and someone else will see the same dance and be totally emotionally affected by it and say this dance made me cry and it's all you know you bring yourself to to watching any art don't you and and it's the same with the judges you bring your own personal taste your own personal life experience and and uh opinions and feelings and you know whereas one dance might make bruno cry with emotion it might make craig sick you know it's just they see what they see and they like what they like and and, um, and they're four great judges and so you're going to get um, varied scoring. How long on average does it take to make all the Strictly outfits and what's the hardest dance to teach? I have no idea how long. Maybe I'll get Vicky Gill on the show and talk about the Strictly outfits. Um, but I mean, their schedule is insane because sometimes they don't know what exactly the concept's going to be till the last minute. And so then they're just sort of working 24 hours a day trying to not knock stuff together but but they're always ready and and they've always got something brilliant for you like they they really are good um the costume department the hardest dance to teach it depends it depends on your celeb and what they're good at really i think for me i, I think i've always struggled with cha-cha-cha i think cha-cha it's sort of it's the first one that you learn to dance if you're learning as a Borum and latin dancer but it's hard to teach to make it look good and to make it look exciting. There's a lot of technique involved. Whereas something like a Charleston, you sort of, once you've taught them the basics, then it's just getting the choreography. Um, and, and some dances you can hide technique. Some dances it's easy to teach them the technique, but then to get a performance out of them, it's, it's difficult. So, it, you know, it's... It varies from celeb to celeb and from pro to pro. Some people are just better at... Some people just understand some dances better than others. Um, I I feel like I just understand Paso and I, I understand how to make it effective. I understand how to teach it. Um, and I understand how to get performance out of it. Whereas cha-cha-cha and, and I think salsa as well for me. Like I've never quite... I've never quite grasped how to make it... A, um, as entertaining as it should be, which is why most of the time cha-cha is a, is a weaker dance when I'm teaching a celeb on Strictly. But different different people have, have different good dances and bad dances. And different celebs have different strengths. So, um, Jamie, just a quick question on the same-sex dance issue. I applaud the move and will be watching as I have every year. 
do they allow same-sex couples in official competitions? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, like I say, it's been completely normal since I've been competing for same-sex couples. Um, so it's not a new thing at all. Like I say, it's just it's just new this year on Strictly. Um, so yeah, it's it's not some it's not an agenda like some people say. Oh, it's a lefty agenda. They're shoving it down our throats and woke. Their favorite word is woke at the moment. It's like like they're having a go at someone. Oh, the woke. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's actually completely normal. It's been going on for years. Um, if you were to be paired with a celeb of the same sex on the show, who would you want to be paired with? That's a good question. I don't mind, really. I actually did say to them, um, to Strictly, that I would be more than happy to dance with a man on the show. I actually think it'd be great. I think it'd be a, a new challenge for me because in terms of coming up with all the choreography and how to go about it on Strictly. I've danced with men plenty of times, you know, and burned the floor. Um, but coming up with the choreography for Strictly would, would be a real challenge and uh, it's going like, to be interesting to watch this year. Um, I don't mind, really. Um, I always see rumours of them like asking Gareth Malone to, to do the show and I always thought me and Gareth Malone would be a good pair. Just a pair of us going out in our glasses <laughs> would be fun. Um, or like a wrestler, one of the wrestlers that can do awesome lifts because they're, they're used to sort of two men throwing each other around. Um, so that I think they'd have a natural talent, you know, a WWE wrestler would have a natural talent for it. So The Rock. <laughs> Um, so sad that you won't be there. Oh, thank you. So how do you feel watching the announcements of the new celebs and have you any regrets? Also really hope we see you at some point, maybe on it takes two. Oh, thanks Jane. Um, um, I don't have any regrets. No, um, for leaving the show. Um, it is slightly weird watching the announcements happen, but I'm, I'm more excited than anything. I just can't wait to watch the show. Um, I'm looking forward to sort of me and Stace just sat down with a with a cup of tea and watching the show as anyone else would and cheering everybody on. Um, there might be a when I'm watching it, who knows? There might be a little pang of like, oh, I'm missing it. I miss these guys. I miss being part of it. Who knows? Um, but you know, I've, I've had an amazing seven years on the show, and I've been I've been thinking about it for maybe a year. Of whether you know, I, you know, I did think about it on on my last series, the twenty nineteen series. I did think, you know, is this going to be my last one? Um, I hadn't made up my mind at that point, but it, but it was a thought that I was having. Um, and then certainly when, obviously, winning the children need with Maisie and winning the Christmas special with Debbie McGee sort of completed the set. And um, I was thinking, is this the time? And I was having these. Con I was in constant dialogue with with the producers of Strictly. So they knew where I was and, and we were going back and forth with it. And and then when I got offered Strictly Ballroom, the musical, um, I just, I had to take that. Now, obviously, unfortunately, that's been delayed now. So as it happens, my diary would have been free. But um, I made the decision to leave and, and, and go and do Strictly Ballroom, the musical, because um, I'm doing a lot of a lot more theatre now. Um, and uh, I sort of feel, yeah, I'm quite at peace with the decision. Um I don't know what's happening with it takes two or um yeah, I would 
I would love to go on It Takes Two at some point. Yeah, I'd love to be part of the Friday panel that comes on and talks about the couples. That would be really cool. Um, yeah, I'd love to be go on It Takes Two. I still very much feel part of the Strictly family. And, and, and the producers said that to me when when I was leaving. That, that, that's what they said. You know, they were so kind to me and, and they, were, they were so lovely. That And who knows, eh? Never say never. Who knows? I, I never rule anything out. Um you know, in terms of being on a part of the show, who knows? Maybe I'll be back there one day. But, but right now, I'm, I feel quite at peace with the decision, and I'm looking forward to watching the show. Um, I'll take a couple more, and then we'll call it for this week, and maybe do some more questions next week as well. Do you have three levels of skill when teaching your celebrity a routine: easy, intermediate, and advanced, or do you just go with what you've choreographed? Um, well, usually I'll just have, I'll, I'll choreograph on the Sunday, on the, on the Sunday night mainly, and then come, come in on the Monday morning with a routine that I think suits that person, um, that, that I think works with, with the person I'm dancing with. And, and I just sort of take it from there. I think I'll, I'll, this is the routine that I'll teach them and then we'll adapt as we go. If, if it becomes clear that something's just not going to work then we'll adapt in, in the training room and go, okay, let's try something like this instead. Um, or if I think it's something that we will get eventually, then you, you sort of push through with it. I don't think I have sort of three different versions of the routine. Of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, if this doesn't work, I can change it to this or um, or whatever. But I think that's why, talking about the earlier question that we had, it's important to, it's important to get to know your partner as quickly as possible so you know what they're capable of and you know what works with them um you know choreographing a routine for stacy dooley is completely different to choreographing a routine for kelly bright for example or for susan kalman um you know everyone's just just different so you try and choreograph as best you can for that person and then adapt as you go my daughter wants to know if couples choice had existed when you started Strictly, what style would you have chosen for your partners who didn't get the chance to perform it? Oh, yeah. Um, I might have to have a think about that one. So you get three, don't you, with couples choice. It's either commercial hip hop or, um, or sort of jazz musical theatre or contemporary. Probably with I don't know, really. It's difficult to think. Um, I mean, me and Kelly kind of did a, a slight hip-hoppy samba anyway with our Boom Shake the Room. <laughs> so maybe I would have gone with something more jazzy with her. Maybe the same with Susanna, actually. Um, maybe I'd have tried something. Yeah, probably like with Frankie, that maybe it would have been a good one to do a more sort of commercial dance style because that would have been gone more towards what she might have done, say, in the Saturdays. Um, yeah, yeah, it's difficult to know, um, really. Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult question, but but I, I like the couple's choice. I think there was a, there was another question about couple's choice that I got here. Um, I think. Someone said, like, what do you really think about Couples Choice? I really like it. Um, I thought it was a great addition to the show just to get to do something different. I mean, we already have Argentine Tango 
um, salsa and, and uh, Charleston in there that are not part of the normal competition ballroom and Latin dances. So to add something like that, it was a new challenge for the pros as much as the celebs. And I think it's interesting to to uh, get to do something different. Plus, you get an outside choreographer to come in and help. So it's always, it lightens the load a little bit for the pros um, because the outside choreographers come and, come and help you with it. Um, all right, one more. How difficult is it to choreograph a routine, especially if you don't particularly like the song you're given? Um, well, like I say, you always have to sign off on, on the song anyway, but sometimes there's been, you know, certain pop songs that I'd rather not dance to. Like I, I prefer sort of classic songs or, um, musical songs or um, songs that I think are going to have an effect. My worst thing is doing like a cha-cha-cha to a pop song. Cause I always feel like it's a bit generic. Like there's no massive point to it. Um, so so take when me and Stacey did um, I Came Here For Love for Cha 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 it's not a bad song but I I couldn't find like a real sort of point to what we were doing or to be able to tell a story much and doing a Cha 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 it was it was sort of a pop song and a generic Latin dance like, like Cha Cha that's when I struggle to really bring out a story in a dance um, yeah so that's probably with the sort of more poppy songs is, is is where I struggle and then it becomes when you're choreographing it it sort of becomes like you're just trying to fill bars of music um, rather than coming up with stuff that's telling a story like like rather you know this, the dynamic between these two people in a particular context you know what, what, what the setting's going to be um, it's just dancing it's just here's a Latin dance here's a cha-cha-cha to this pop song and, it, and it, so when it feels generic is when it feels um, is when it feels difficult oh I missed one there's one more there's last question are there any songs that you really wanted to dance to on Strictly but didn't get the chance yes so every single year that I was on Strictly I pitched for Halloween I pitched Edward Scissorhands as a concept and I wanted to do if anyone who's seen it there's like this um, ice sort of ice um, sculpture so where, where he's scul sculpting um, with his scissors like um, an ice sculpture out of a block of ice and, or, and things out of hedges and stuff and she's dancing in, in the, the bits that are falling um, if, you, if anyone's seen Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands the show like it's a show that I just fell in love with, and that ballet, the ice sculpture ballet, is is just beautiful to watch, and it's a beautiful tune. And I always loved the idea of doing that, and I think it'd look cool, and, and you could be Edward Scissorhands and a big ice sculpture, and be dancing in sort of the the ice snowflakes that are falling down, um, and it could be really balletic. And I've wanted to do it for seven years. The problem with it is um, the scissors, so. As a BBC thing, it's like health and safety. So because there's loads of kids watching, they don't want kids to watch that dance and then try and copy it by picking up pairs of scissors, which is totally understandable. So that was the main reason. So I was always thinking, how can I get around it? Can I do, can we just call it Edward Glitterfingers? And so instead of, uh, instead of having scissors, we just have big glittery fingers. Um, and call it Edward Glitterfingers. And then the adults would, would sort of get it. And kids don't know who Edward's hands is anyway. Um, so that was the one that got away for me. I pitched it every year in Edward Scissorhands number for Halloween. And um, who knows, maybe we'll see someone do it on the show at some point, like an Edward Glitterfingers version. <laughs> um, 
but when it happens, know that it was my pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have loved to have done that on the show, but you know, I'm very lucky to have done a lot of the stuff that I pitched on the show. I've had some crazy ideas. Um, but all of this talk is making me look forward to the next series of Strictly. And like I say, I'm going to do a fair amount of Strictly content with the podcast as we head into the series. Um, sort of review shows, I guess, talking about who we, who we thought was better than others, likes and dislikes, and and, and maybe a separate, like I say, like a, a separate club of some kind um, of, of like a phone-in where you can tell me your views on the podcast as well. Um, yeah, maybe we'll do some stuff on Instagram as well. Who knows? But um, contact me on, on Twitter or on Instagram at Kevy Clifton. Tell me more things you'd like to hear about or opinions or, or strictly questions because maybe I'll throw in, I'll do some more of these sort of strictly Q&A bits or anything else you'd like, anything that's strictly related or not. Um, but enjoy it. Don't get too angry about it. Don't be one of those fans that that starts to get angry with every single decision of Strictly. It's a great, joyous show, and it's going to be another one this series. And I think everyone's going to be glad to have it back after the year we've had. A nice bit of Strictly joy in our living rooms. And whilst you're getting all excited about dance, I'm watching Strictly... Um, why don't you come along to one of our theatres in a socially distanced, safe audience and come and see me and my sister doing some dancing, doing some singing um, and taking some questions from you and tell, telling you about our careers and stuff. With an evening with Kevin and Joanne, look out for that um, and go to www.kevinandjoanne.com and I'll see you next week. <laughs>